Welcome to the new WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. Over the next half hour, WellMed Radio will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Your host, veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron, will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now the host of WellMed Radio, Ron Aaron. Well, thank you, Roland Ruiz, our announcer. Delighted to be here. I'm Ron Aaron. WellMed Radio comes to you every week. Podcasts of all of our shows are available. In addition, you hear us on 9.30 a.m. The Answer, Saturday early morning and around noon on Sundays. It's a pleasure to welcome to our WellMed Radio hotline, Dr. Aparna Vallabhanani, who is with WellMed at Georgetown. She and I met several months ago when the new Georgetown Clinic was opened, where WellMed has just a beautiful facility, although it seems like just a few months ago, it's probably longer than that. Dr. Valbanani, welcome. Thanks for coming on. How long ago did we open that clinic? Um, I think it's going to be close to two years. Wow. A little over two years, yeah. It seems like yesterday I was going 300 miles an hour on the turnpike there, the uh, toll road. Yeah, thank, thank you, Ron, for giving me this opportunity to be on this radio show. Well, we're delighted to have you on, and I remember talking with you at the clinic, and I said at the time, we need to get you on WellMed Radio, so it only took us two years to do that. <laughs> and what bring, brings you on is something that every person almost in the world is talking about, and that's that coronavirus, COVID-19, which uh, has just swept so quickly around the country, around the world, uh, and I'm sure is a threat uh, up in Georgetown as it is down here in San Antonio. That's that's absolutely right. So people are scared, even if they're having uh, upper respiratory symptoms like a minor cold, they are scared to seek medical opinion because they're worried what if they find out that they're positive for COVID-19 and what if they're infecting their family members. So... That's unfortunately the sad situation here. Denial is not a river in Egypt, so they're they're not coming in to uh-huh. check for fear they yes. have it. Yes. That's pretty yes. scary. Uh-huh, it's very scary. And have you had any of your patients diagnosed with COVID-19? None so far. So thank God it's um good thing that we don't have any positive COVID-19. But I did test at least five patients for those, and they were all negative so far. Now, I know as a provider, uh, you put yourself at even greater risk because you do come into contact with people uh, who may be positive. In fact, uh, we're told that people who are positive for COVID-19 may not show symptoms for a period of time when they are still carrying that infection and spreading it. Yes, you're absolutely right. So they cannot, uh, usually people can spread the virus in the asymptomatic phase. The median incubation period is 5.1 days. So the spread of the virus is much more rapid when they are symptomatic. But it still can be spread when they're not. Yes, you're absolutely right. It can be spread even when they are not. For those who, who, and I was going to say, who weren't around in 1918 for the Spanish flu, and that's probably all of us. Yes. We have no collective institutional memory of something like this. Yes, you're right. We, we do not have uh, any memories of something like this. 
and none of us are prepared for this pandemic. When you were in medical school, uh, studying at the University of Pondicherry in India, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and I'm sure it's true in this country as well, they didn't spend a lot of time talking about pandemics, did they? They did not, no. Hindsight being 2020, I'll bet they do now. Yes, even little kids are talking about it. Yes, so. yeah. Uh-huh. That's exactly right. So mm-hmm. let's look at a couple of things as we move into this subject. And, and, and one is, how do we uh, prevent ourselves uh, from becoming infected uh, because it's spread so widely and we don't know where it is or who has it? So how do I protect myself and my family? I, I would suggest to avoid big public gatherings, good hand hygiene, and also wiping the surfaces that we touch frequently, like the light switches, the doorknobs, the handles, to be cleaned with Lysol wipes. E- even the keyboards and the mouse and everything should be wiped regularly. And uh, wearing cloth mask, which is not mandatory, but it's recommended that when you're going for a walk, wear a cloth mask. That way you're not spreading the virus or you are not getting the virus from an asymptomatic carrier. They actually have mandated it now in San Antonio, uh, probably not in Georgetown. But in San Antonio, if you go outside the home, uh, you are required uh, to wear a mask. And they have large fines that go along with that, although no one has been fined as yet. Some have been cited and given a warning. I think that's a good thing uh, to prevent the rapid spread of uh, the COVID-19 at this point, because I do see people walking in the parks, state parks and all, without any masks. As of this last weekend, I saw people going out to the park for a walk or hiking, and they are without a mask. So. And the other thing we still see is people who are not following guidelines on social Distancing, which is uh, a phrase that has so quickly come into our lexicon. Uh, Three months ago, no one knew what it was. Today, everybody knows. Everybody knows, yes. Including the little kid that maintain a six-feet distance now. That's exactly right. Yes. Uh So maintain that social distancing, a lot of hand washing, wear Mm -hmm. a mask if you go out in public, uh, make sure you clean surfaces, uh, using Lysol or, or some other uh, disinfectant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about clothing? Can uh, that virus live on clothing? Yes, uh, it does say that uh, the virus can live on clothing. So mainly for healthcare personnel, I would say as soon as you get into your house, enter through the garage, take, take shower and put those clothing in a bag and wash those clothes immediately if possible. Yeah, I have this vision of a lot of naked doctors in garages all over America changing their clothes. Because I've read a lot of stories about that. In fact, there was one story in the New York Times about a a, a, a emergency room doc who not only changed in the garage, he was living in his garage for fear of infecting his family. You're absolutely right. Even when I go home, I'm scared to hug my kids or even go closer to them. So my my husband is a physician, too. So we both are practicing wow. social distancing even with our kids. We don't uh, go closer to them. And how old are your children? They are 9 and 10. 
almost old enough certainly to understand. Uh-huh, yes. So you try to explain it to them, but they, kids still want to hug. They still want to hug. They still want to get in the pool with other kids. So you know, it's, I hadn't th- it's a challenge, yes. I, I hadn't thought about that. Kids can be carriers also. So if uh, you live in a neighborhood like we do in my family, we got three little kids. They're very social. They've got friends in the neighborhood. Hard for them to understand when we say, well, you know, you can't go play with Sarah Beth this week. Uh, we're going to have to wait until this whole thing is over. Yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, but I think uh, it's important as parents to sit down and explain what, how risky it is if they go play with the other kids because they are silent carriers. They can spread the virus to the other kids, and uh, adults are the ones who get infected the most, especially people with uh, other comorbid illness like people with asthma, heart conditions, or liver problems. Now, if you just joined us, you're listening to WellMed Radio on 930 AM, The Answer. I'm Ron Aaron. We're talking with Dr. Aparna Vallabhadani, who is at the WellMed at Georgetown Clinic. And we're talking about uh, not only her experience as an uh, internal medicine doc, but uh, what we can do to protect ourselves uh, from COVID-19 and what her patients are doing as well. Now, one of the things we discovered in talking with uh, Dr. Charles Van Dyne, who is the uh, Associate Medical Information Officer at WellMed, he's helping to roll out telemedicine uh, across the enterprise, is that uh, there's nothing good about COVID-19, but one upside is more and more clinics and doctors are moving into telemedicine. Are you finding that at your clinic as well? Yes, we are doing a lot of our visits as telemedicine. Since at WellMed, we are only senior clinics, so we don't want our patients to come for in-office visit and uh, get uh, the infection. And how does that work from your standpoint as a provider? The uh, uh, telemedicine, you obviously can't touchy-feely listen, but you can observe your patient, hear what they say, Mm -hmm. listen to what they're telling you? So we do have our own challenges with the telemedicine. It's difficult uh, for the patients to download the app sometimes and to understand, to click the video button instead of the audio part. And so our front desk uh, PSR staff have to guide them through the process of downloading the app and step-by-step to register for telemedicine. But I think at least doing the telemedicine visits, we are listening to their concerns, and they, they do appreciate it a lot. And you can make eye contact. Yes, we can make an eye contact. That's interesting. Now, I want to talk to you in just a minute about your family in India. Uh, you went to medical school there. You still have family there. I asked you off the air about COVID-19, and uh, it is there as well. We'll find out more in just a moment. If you're listening to us on 930 AM, The Answer, you're listening to WellMed Radio. We're talking about COVID-19, the spread of the uh, virus that, uh, if there's any good news here, uh, it may in the next few months reach a peak. But then the concern is it'll be back in the fall. We'll talk about that as well. You hear us here on 930 AM, The Answer. You may be experiencing anxiety or stress regarding all the news about COVID-19 or what is commonly referred to as coronavirus. You are not alone. Optum is opening its emotional support helpline, providing access to specially trained mental health specialists. 
This is a toll-free number and it will be open 24 hours a day, seven days a week for as long as necessary. This is a free service. Anyone in need of emotional support is welcome to call. The number is 866-342-6892. That's 866-342-6892. One more time, 866-342-6892. Well, for those of you who have never been to the 9.30 a.m. The Answers Studios, we sit on the 12th floor of a building right at 281 in Jones-Maltzberger in San Antonio, Texas. And this top floor is surrounded with glass overlooking the San Antonio International Airport. What's neat is to see the hawks that ride the air currents here and the little swallows who live under the bridges. Just a little while ago, we had a hawk sitting just about, looked like 30 yards offside, out, out our window, and a little swallow went right at him and drove him off. So there must be a, uh, must be a nest nearby. I'm Ron Aaron. Enough of the swallows and hawks. You're listening to Wellman Radio on 930 AM. The answer, we're talking about COVID-19, the coronavirus, with Dr. Aparna Vallabhanani, who is with Wellman at Georgetown, and talking about ways in which we can protect ourselves, ways in which we can protect our families. And I had asked her about her family in India, and you said the virus is there as well, doctor. That's, that's absolutely right. So the situation is similar with them. They are scared to seek medical help because what I heard is if they go for common cold, they are put in, being put in a quarantine till the COVID-19 tests come back positive, and they have to spend in quarantine in a hospital setting, not in their own home. So that's the difficult part. That would not be pleasant. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's not a pleasant thing. In fact, people tell me the worst place to be when you're not feeling well is a hospital. Mm-hmm, yes. You get exposed to everything there. That's, that's right, yeah. So you need to bring your parents to America. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm sure you've invited them. Yes, I did. They do come and visit us, but they do not want to move here. So, no. Yeah. That's a big, that would be a huge change for them. Uh-huh. I'm sure about that. So as you think about uh, your practice, and let's go to January 1st, 2020, mm-hmm. uh, just four months in the past. You know, the year is moving along. You're looking at diabetes and COPD and uh, uh, all kinds of issues that involve uh, that patient base, age 65 and over, mostly Medicare eligible, not a thought in your mind about this killer virus. That's, that's right. In January, we were just focusing on getting their sugars controlled, blood pressures controlled, adjusting their medication, making sure they have a 90-day supply with all these medications, and boom, here we are with uh, the virus and everything has uh, been out of place. Now, what's interesting, and I heard uh, uh, WellMed's chief physician, Dr. Carlos Hernandez, mentioned this the other day. Uh, none of this, the, this virus and the effort to protect our patients, has changed the fact that many of them have a number of underlying issues that we need to stay on top of. Yes, you, you're absolutely right, uh, because there are a lot of people who are due for their blood work and they are scared to come to the clinic to get their labs drawn because they're worried that they'll get the virus. And I understand their concerns. 
because we are dealing with people with heart conditions who are at very high risk to get the virus. Uh, can you do that blood draw in the parking lot in their automobiles? That's that's what Wellmed is coming up with a new solution to set up a tent and um, huh. having them come for a curbside lab draw and a curbside consultation with their primary care doctor. Just hang your arm out the window as you <laughs> as you drive <laughs> by, right? <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. Well, that's a good solution. You don't have to bring them in. Uh, I, I, for one, for example, uh, was supposed to go in for a blood test oh, I, maybe two weeks ago. And I said, you know, I'm not really comfortable going in. Don't take it personally, but I'm going to wait. That's what I'm hearing from all my patients. Uh, and, and the answer is going to be, we'll do this in the parking lot. Yes. Huh. That's pretty creative. And I've heard in San Antonio it's uh, being a huge success in one of the clinics. So we'll try it out here in Georgetown. And you're also a little cooler up there in Georgetown than it gets uh, down here in San Antonio. Yes. Uh-huh. As you look at why you went into medicine, uh, I would think being on the front line and trying to fight this kind of uh, a disease uh, fulfills some of that goal. You're absolutely right. It feels rewarding. And, uh, but uh, with this COVID-19 situation, as provider, we don't have many answers. What is the treatment? There's, there's not much treatment, at least. Patients are appreciative that we are giving them a call at least once a week to check on them to make sure they have medications. They don't need anything from us. So, yes, it's rewarding, but at the same time, a little frustrating because we don't have answers for this virus situation. But we have learned some things as just, you know, your ordinary civilians like myself about how long it takes to develop a vaccine. Uh, Mm -hmm. it, It doesn't happen overnight. Yes, yes, you're right. It doesn't happen overnight. And in this case, even when they do develop a vaccine, and I have high confidence they will, uh, these viruses have a tendency to mutate. So that vaccine might not be good against all of the COVID-19. Yes, you're right. And if uh, there are uh, cases which are showing that a person who was infected with COVID-19 they are getting the infection again. If that's the scenario, then I do not know how effective the vaccine would be. Because if they get reinfected, that means mm-hmm. whatever antibodies they built up to fight that disease isn't working against the new version of COVID-19. That's, the, that's right. And uh, there are new theories which are saying that uh, either uh, the virus has not cleared up from the person who was infected. That's why they're showing false positives in huh. some of the cases. Yep. Now, what about reports that uh, I'm reading about in the lay press that this may come back uh, even stronger uh, come the fall, that another round of COVID-19 will slam the world? That, that's right. And uh, in the fall, we are go- also going to face influenza. Right. And it's it's going to be tough. Um to differentiate between the symptoms of influenza as well as the COVID-19. So hopefully if the vaccine or if we are going to get some treatment by then, we could prevent some of the severe illnesses from COVID-19. See, that's interesting because if you think about uh, the annual flu, that vaccine changes every year. Yes. 
so it's not a surprise that, uh, for example, the not to compare the viruses, but that the COVID-19 might mutate enough that what was good last year isn't good this year as a vaccine. Yes, yes you're absolutely right. So everything is changing by the hour, so we don't know what uh, is going to happen. What do you think the new normal is going to be? Is the new normal uh, uh, medical clinics that rely more and more on telemedicine, medical clinics uh, that find alternative ways to treat patients, maybe more and more of the home visits the way uh, palliative care already does uh, for well-met patients. Maybe uh, what we find is, uh, and I hope this isn't the case, that more and more of us have to homeschool, that the traditional brick-and-mortar school becomes a thing of the past. What, what do you see from your vantage point as a physician? I think uh, telemedicine will be the new normal. People will be scared to go visit their uh, doctor's offices with the fear of getting the virus. And I think that's a safer alternative rather than um, patients who need a three-month follow-up visit. They could just talk to the provider via telemedicine platform, and we could address most of the issues rather than patient having, having to come into the visit. And for the patients that you have to see hands-on, uh, how do you protect yourself? So I would suggest we will go case-by-case basis. If they do not have any symptoms, uh, then we, I think the new normal will be a face mask wearing a surgical mask or a procedure mask at all times and um, practicing good hand hygiene. A procedural mask for the physician and the patient. And the patient, yes, and maintaining social distance. I never wore a mask until recently, and now I have one because you have to when you go out in San Antonio. Mm -hmm. Uh, make me feel a little claustrophobic. It's funny. Uh, it's just a little mask, but uh, I never could have made it as a burglar. I, I couldn't have worn the mask. <laughs> yes, you're absolutely right. That in our clinics, we are supposed to wear these eight hours for these eight-hour shifts that we have to be in the clinic. We have to wear the mask. Wow. Yeah. Huh. I don't know that I could do that, but we'll see. <laughs> you, you do what you have to do, right? Yes. You're absolutely right. Now, we've got about two minutes left before we let you go. Is there anything I haven't asked you that you want to share with us? And you might add about uh, how uh, susceptible children may be uh, because many grandparents are raising grandkids. Yes, uh, I would suggest since uh, we don't know how this virus is going to mutate in future, I would suggest practice social distance, good hand hygiene, and uh, we will get the answers very soon. And good hygiene, again, is hand-washing. Hand-washing. Now, as a physician, uh, and I'm always amazed by this, uh, you, you wash your hands before you see a patient, after you see a patient, sometimes while you're seeing a patient. You mm-hmm. wash your hands probably 20, 30, 40 times a day. Yes, yes. And now we are doing it more. You're washing it more frequently. Well, how does the skin fall off your hands? Are you That's using That's right. We are all getting too much of a dry skin. Yes. That's exactly right. Yes. So so what do you use? What's the doctor's secret for skin cream? So I use uh, Sariva, which is over the counter uh, dermatology recommended cream. Ah. Which which is a good one. 
And it seems to help. It does help, yes. Wow. Well, it's been interesting talking to you, and I want to go back to where we began. You in medical school, all the things you studied, pandemics may have been brushed uh, in in a 20-minute class, uh, but for the most part, nobody ever talked about it. Uh, Is it different than you had imagined? Is a pandemic uh, almost the worst fear a doctor can have? Yes, it's, it's the worst fear because none of us were prepared for it. We didn't imagine that it will be a new reality where everybody has to wear a mask and practice social distancing and uh, fear and anxiety of not knowing what's going to happen to our family, our children, our patients. And we are getting a lot of calls also, people having anxiety issues. And um, because they are watching the news, uh, reading on the COVID-19, they're listening to news stories on COVID-19. So I'm getting a lot of calls about increased anxiety. Stress. We'll have to do that at another time because we're we're out of time. But stress would be the next topic. Hey, I thank you so much for coming on. And it's great to have a chance to talk with you again. Thank you, Ron. You take care. Mm Bye-bye. Up yeah. in Georgetown at the WellMed Clinic, Dr. Aparna Vallabhanani, who is a delight to talk with. You've been listening to WellMed Radio. I'm Ron Aaron. This is 9.30 a.m. The Answer. We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening to WellMed Radio, a service of WellMed Medical Management. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And please be sure to tune in next week for another edition of WellMed Radio.